0: Welcome to the True Faced podcast this Good morning. Morning. Good and morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is our second week in our theme study of
1: Week Ephesians. two. Week
0: two. Week two. <laughs> um, last week, we uh, introduced this. Bill, you want to kind of recap what we, yeah. we're talking about in Ephesians and why we're doing this? Our hope is that
1: um, we would get several weeks to just think through Ephesians, not verse by verse or even paragraph by paragraph, but just the great themes of Ephesians to remind us of this miracle of God's grace for us as Christians. That's really what we're trying to do. What, what is it in Ephesians that sets
0: us apart because we're in Christ? I love it. John, why don't you uh, read into that second section
2: Where did we stop last time?
0: Four? If you'd start at three and go to maybe 14, that'd probably be it.
2: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the kind intention which he proposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things, in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him, also, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his pur- purpose, who works all things after the counsel of, of his will. To the end, that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a beautiful set of verses. Oh, uh, wow. Phenomenal. And knowing Paul, I haven't checked it lately, but in the Greek, this is probably all one sentence. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's, that's <laughs> <the>
2: longest sentence. <laughs> exactly. Except Sam Hill. I think <laughs> Sam Hill will, <laughs> on occasion will... Uh, <laughs> I've been guilty of that. Oh, oh, songs. oh, don't get me
0: started on mine. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Paul was not at all embarrassed about that no. fact. He just no. kept on going. Amen, amen. Well, let's think about what he's just said, all in one breath. Um, what what is he trying to load on us mm. in, in all these um, blessings that we have? I, I look at
1: that section and I go, "Oh my gosh, is this really true? Is it really true?" that God has, in Christ, given me this stuff? My answer is, of course it's true. But what what I want to emphasize as we go through this is this point. Our identity, who we are, our believing it is critical for our maturing. So many, many, many Christians have the opportunity to go through that. They can make the list, and they can believe it's true about them, Someday, somewhere, someplace, but they don't own it now. Thousands, hundreds of them. We've talked about this. The last couple of years, I've done a lot of traveling all over the world, literally. And every time I go, I come to this passage with a group, and I ask the same question. Look at that passage and ask this question. Do you believe that's true about you today? And I want to tell you what they do. Every audience so far has done the same thing. They pick and choose out of it. And they say, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm chosen. Yeah, I'm adopted. Yeah, I know I have an inheritance. Yeah, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I know I'm in Christ. I'm not so sure about being holy or blameless. How could that be true about me? So that's that's where this identity is so critical. Is this a list of maybes? Or is this a list of absolutes?
2: (laughs) Or, as some do, is it a list of things that are true about me in the heavenly places, That's but right. not yeah. down here on earth? Exactly. Yeah.
1: And 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 what's so beautiful even about that little phrase, John, is it's not in the heavenly places. It's in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen. See, it's it's an in Christ reality, not a not a place in heaven reality, mm-hmm. because it's an in Christ reality. It's heavenly, but That's I don't so have good. to wait till I That's get so there good. to experience what is heavenly. What, years and years and years and years ago, a Bible teacher said something that just, oh my gosh, me. He, he said this, uh, the, it sounds so simple. The Christian life begins at our birth, and it becomes eternal at that moment. Mm-hmm. And that we have an eternal life that doesn't begin when I die. Mm-hmm. It begins when I'm born mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the heavenlies in Christ the moment I'm a believer.
3: Yeah. that's it. I was trying to figure out that same kind of weird, okay, God, so I'm here on earth. I have these fears. I have these realities. I have the reality that if I make certain choices, certain things might happen. You, you don't keep me from all harm. And then somebody was, well, we were in a big group and we are talking about a lot of things, but I was going through this thought process of, God, do I believe that I am alive in you eternally now? regardless of what happens to my body. Okay, maybe I believe that, but do I care about that? Amen. How how important is to to my body to me? Well, really important to the point of me almost not caring about heaven. Well, that's a disconnect of what I am, who he says I am.
1: Amen. And where you are. That's right. And not only just who I am, but, but where you are. I think... As, as I go through this with people, that holy blameless thing gets them all confused because of this reality. They, as a Christian, know that they became a believer not because they had the right perspective of themselves. It's because they had the right perspective of who God says they are, a sinner in need of a Savior. That's That's their reality, and they know that but when we become christians many christians get trapped in this reality my experience dictates my theology rather than my theology being the foundation from which i live and creating out of that an experience and what i just said may sound backwards but it's not it's a it's a really foundational thing because for many christians for somebody to say that they are holy they go, no, no, I can't be. My experience tells me I'm not.
3: Right, right. Yeah, and that, that seems more important than who God is. It's interesting because we all have this, it seems like, this sense of longing for the supernatural, longing for... I don't want to say the mystic, but not everybody loves Tolkien and and C.S. Lewis, but there is this sense of grandeur in story that we are prone to love. We yearn for this bigger story. It's like, oh, oh, what if we were just part of a bigger story? The crazy thing is, is we are already a part of the craziest story ever. He calls us aliens to this earth, and it is not allegory. It is truth. Amen.
0: Amen. Part of the reason that People struggle with the holy and blameless is that those words sound different than some of the other words adopted, in this list. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I can believe I'm a doctor. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. What, 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 what does blameless mean to people? Yeah. Uh, and what does it mean to Paul when he writes yes. this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, part of it is that he noticed he doesn't say
1: sinless. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important distinction. Yes. I, I think blameless here has actually t- could have two applications. One is, there can now, because I am in Christ, be no charges against me. I, I'm blameless You, because you, of what he did. But it can also have a very practical reality. Um, as we get further into Ephesians, we'll talk about these miracles of the gifts of God's grace, repentance, forgiveness. But even now, I can be, because of repentance and forgiveness, as the tools God has given me to deal with the fact that I have sinned or be sinned against, I can live not being blamed. I am without judgment, not because there's something perfect about Bill, but because there's something perfect about the redemptive power in forgiveness and repentance. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Which doesn't mean that I didn't do that. Absolutely. Or that it didn't have consequences here on this earth. Not at all. So what what does it mean for it, me? How, how does it give me confidence? It
1: frees me from... This is the key, David. It frees me from the blame that I give myself.
2: It frees me from that so my shame doesn't have to get reignited. Well, But, but on the other hand, beyond that, because that's true, I am free now to own in front of you Amen. what I've done and to give recompense and to make amends. Amen. And to Because I'm not defined now. By that blame. I I know how God sees me. Nothing changes. So I'm free to admit I wronged you. Mm. This was about me. So and it doesn't make me any less blameless, but I did do that
3: wrong. So when you're blameless, you're free to own the sin that you've done so you can love others. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: And what a beautiful
3: place to be.
2: Right, Uh, and
0: it's
3: possible. The the
2: beauty of this theology is it's possible. And we don't have to go that next step that says, because I'm blameless, it didn't happen, and you get over your stuff that you think I did. Yes, thank you. Boy, we, we could
1: spend all next time just talking
0: about the stories where that's misapplied. That's right. And we will see you next time. Amen. Thank you, guys.